Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. We are welcoming you to this all-new episode of the show. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. And this week, we are going to be talking about the Gorgie Keith's film pick of the week, 2020's The Hunt, directed by Craig Zobel. And also, speaking of the ghoul, without further ado, here he is, the bold and the beautiful, the Gorgie Keith. Wow, man, instantaneous fucking reaction right there. Hello, 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 everybody. How you doing tonight? <laughs> We hope you're ready to discuss this controversial film that just came out earlier this year. Uh, here are our thoughts about that later on in the show. But as always, we are also joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince to my Mars day. Yes, it's uh, monkey with a monkey. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is the mad monkey broadcasting to you live from the drunken monkey rehabilitation clinic, where we bring you the best goddamn horror podcast there is in all the land. So make sure you listen often, listen as much as you want, listen with your mom. We don't care. Just make sure you fucking listen. Here at Talking Terror. <laughs> Ready to go. And we're also joined by the very astute, the very demonic Dean. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Talking Terror program. So glad to have What's all up? the boys here tonight for Discuss the Hunt. Uh, so before we kick in off into our news, does anybody have anything you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Oh, just real quick, again, uh, happy Father's Day to all, everyone that was out there. Um, I, I got a cool little piece of uh, horror, horror shit here where my son sent me a graphic novel called Spook House. It is an um, anthology book written by Eric Powell. It's like themed in the old school creep show, Voltaire kind of stuff, where it's just anthology kind of stories, but at the same time, friendly for kids. It's a fun little read, you know, done by the guy that used to do the the goon for Dark Horse. So it was cool. Hmm. In the meantime, um, for Father's Day, it seems like the ghoul has some additions to his family this past weekend. Uh, Ooh, what do we got? Cool. Well, yeah, that that was uh, actually it was Tuesday, but yes, indeed, I uh, for my Father's Day gift, uh, we have obtained ourselves uh, a new family member. Uh, his name would be Ouija. No, no, God, no, dude. Are you kidding me, man? Fucking, I'm just going to cut my own balls off. But, uh, no, Ouija is a, uh, a pastel, spot-nosed ball python. Um, cute little bugger. And, uh, yes, he's a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we have uh, Link the Skink, which is the ghoul girl's birthday present. So we, uh, you know, he's named after uh, not the Nintendo character, but actually, uh, because of the many, many, many Paulie Shore jokes we make in this house, it is none other than uh, Brendan Fraser's own fucking Link, Linkovich Chumovsky from Nintendo uh, Man. <laughs> and Very and cool. you Snake Man, it's so cute, man. It's so little tiny right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's a little guy, and uh, yeah, they they don't get ginormous or anything like that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's only about a year or so old, and and uh, yeah, he's gonna get bigger, 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 bigger. <laughs> well, what? Well, what is it? What's a skink? I've never fucking heard of that. The fuck is a skink? It's a uh, it's a type of lizard, obviously. Um, they're really cool looking. They're low to the ground. They they're 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 actually one of the few lizards that are born live. Uh, they don't like hatch from an egg. It's actual live birth, so they come out fairly uh, fairly large and they they get big. Um, but they're just very chill and docile style lizards that just kind of hang around and really really cool looking. I'll, uh, I'll send you a, a full body picture. I know there's like pictures of us holding them, so you only see his head and shit like that. But uh, when he goes back in, I'll uh, I'll shoot a shot over for you guys. Mm, yeah, it just okay. looks so cute well, with his little. Little head sticking out, going boop boop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a little Godzilla. Thinks he's a little Godzilla. <laughs> Two in the pink, one in the stink. <laughs> oh, not in the link. <laughs> all on the skink. <laughs> that it's is all about very fucking skanks. bad. Very cool. They're, they're related to skanks. <laughs> they're just not. They're not. <laughs> Not the skinks or the skanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. And, All right. And then, other than that, I just want to sit there and bring up because again, any CA news because the King of Horror put up a link on the Talking Terror Facebook page where apparently yeah. any CA has some big plans to go along with your new any CA figures from the movie Jaws, and these plans are going to be in scale. <laughs> with the figures that they're releasing, and it just sounds insane. King, uh, you, you want to sit there and talk about that for a second? <laughs> uh, well, previously talked about the uh, the figures for Quint and for Sheriff Brody, based on the likenesses of Roy Schneider and also uh, Robert Shaw. But the in scale Bruce Shark that's going to be coming out Ooh. after those figures oh. come out, uh, they did release a, a prototype of what the figure is going to look like, and this thing is fucking massive. It is one big fucking shark, and I guarantee you it's going to be at least $100, if not more. Easily. Shit, it's something that's gigantic. The, the prototype that I saw, man, this thing looked like two and a half feet long. At least. <laughs> oh, where, 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 where are you seeing this? I on put it on the Talking Terror page, but you can find it on the uh, NECA's uh, Twitter page, too. The prototype for Bruce, the in-scale shark that they're going to release. <laughs> Oh, yeah, with the into the wild. I mean, that's this. Yeah, I can't wait to see it finally night, finish man. because the thing is fucking massive. Like, you can probably put the Quint figure so inside much. of his mouth. <laughs> this is from that, <laughs> that, that Funko company? NECA. NECA isn't Funko. That's another company. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, not they, they make They make. Figurines and stuff like that, man. Collectible, yeah. collectible figurines. They're not toys. Yeah. I have many. I have many NECAs. <laughs> they're action figures. They're not dolls. Goddamn right, they're action figures. I have many of them. I love them myself. I keep trying to find more. Don't worry. We have, pl- we have plenty of time to find you lots of toys. Speaking of toys, you did get a me. new toy, didn't you? I, I wonder if the eight-inch yeah. clothes action figure of Richard Simmons has a vagina. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah, and he says he's going to release a uh, Richard Simmons action figure. <laughs> which amazing. <laughs> Look, let's just say 
all right, for a quick minute, right? You all laugh, but I can't speak for you guys, but I cannot begin to express the sheer amount of joy and laughter that Richard Simmons has brought to my life since I'm like 12 years old. I can't make fun of Richard yeah. Simmons. Uh, he, I used to watch, we used to watch his infomercials for all of his programming and just fucking die on our fucking asses, laughing our asses off every Saturday morning for hours at a time. Dude, oh, I'm with you, man. Watching the sweat into the oldies <laughs> stuff. Sweat into the oldies <laughs> that, infomercials. Uh, Deal a meal. Well, um, all oh, the different programs. And, of course, and, Ghoul, you must know all of the appearances on the Stern Show over the, the years Stern as well. The Stern Show, man. All the hatred and all the fucking fighting <laughs> and him freaking out all the time. Absolutely, man, which is why I, you know, I do. Believe me, don't get me wrong. I have a sauce for him as well. Though um, so I think for me, I'll always see him, and I don't even remember what it was from, but what the fuck was that show where he used to wear the bodysuit with all the human organs on it and shit? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't think that was him. I think that was someone else, but it was the electric company, and it, he, yeah, it was a dude that was going around, like, I think his name was Mr. Goodbody, or something like okay. that. Maybe, and, maybe I crossed the two of them together, and that's the thing. Because for some reason, he reminded me of Richard Simmons from some of the Slim, other shit that Slim I. Slim Goodbody. There you go. Slim Goodbody. Good no, and it seems there's a whole collection of people that have memories of Slim Goodbody as Richard Simmons, but it actually was not Richard Simmons. <laughs> wow. Look at that. It's, it's another one of those uh, fucking Mandela effects. <laughs> you are not alone. There you go. But. But, Dean, I'm right there with you, man, just because the infomercials, and you always had those moments of, you know, those sincere moments where he's crying with the fat women and he's sharing their pain and just, you know, just giving them a hug. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great entertainment. My brother and I would just watch that fucking shit, and we would be dying laughing, and my mom would be like, stop laughing at that. He's doing so many good things for so many people. Stop laughing. <laughs> my mom was the same way, dude. He's so nice. He's oh, just please. trying to help people. No, he's trying to make a buck. <laughs> Don't laugh at him. He's doing great oh, things for people. What are you doing for me, David? Oh, come on. When yeah, I was a kid. Remember? Because I was always when, yeah, I just, yeah. Cool when he was on the Stern show and they played the sweat to the oldies video, but they 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 altered it so like a like a like a chicken leg on like a fishing line like came dangling down in front of the working out people. <laughs> he went fucking running out of the studio crying. Dude, how is that was sacred? How could you do that to me? <laughs> yes, yes, I do remember. <laughs> Yeah. When I was a kid, I actually got grounded because of that. I got grounded when I was a kid for Richard Simmons. <laughs> because of me making fun of him so much. It was terrible. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, growing up fat as I am now, my mother thought well, a great way to lose weight would be to buy one of those VHS tapes and work out to it. Because she's like, cool, they play fucking oldies music and you can work out. And I'm trying to work out with her and I'm laughing too hard. I was like, why the fuck is he so fucking happy? Like, he's running around these fucking massively obese women going, come on, get those legs up, come on, let's get funky, let's get groovy. And I'm like, I, I couldn't do it. I was like, I'm just going to take my punishment. You're going to go to my room. That's it, I'm grounded. Come on. I'm fine. 
but he would always be like, come on, Karen, I know you can do it. Just one more set. Come on, Karen. <laughs> Feel good about yourselves, ladies. Feel good. Big <laughs> sin. <laughs> it was just it was too much. <laughs> but yes, NECA is going to be releasing a figure, so you want to relive those memories, buy yourself an NECA <laughs> Richard Simmons action figure. <laughs> I, I, wonder I wonder if it comes with VHS tapes of his workouts. <laughs> that he's Ooh, that'd old. Be nice. <laughs> it comes in a VHS box. <laughs> you can display. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah, I, Monkey, yes, I do have a lot of uh, NECAs, including one that you uh, put into my horror museum yourself. One that uh, yes, you I gifted did. me. Yeah, because I just recently acquired the Ultimate Sam from Trick or Treat. This badass fucking figure has four different heads, like two different sets of hands. It's got a couple different weapons. And the cool thing is it is actually, holy shit, that's the funniest shit picture <laughs> Right. Um, Some good body, but but it is in scale with the other NECA Ultimate figures, so it's just cool as shit. While you have the other figures that are usually, I think they're about seven inches tall, and then you have Sam that's about three and a half inches tall. So it's just cool that he's in scale with it. Yeah, and he looks great. You know, displayed where he is, right next to Bubba, my Leatherface, which is seven and a half compared to his three. Leatherface is massive. <laughs> Standing next to Sam. <laughs> so, it's very cool figure. And the picture is up on the Talking Terror Facebook page if you want to check that out. But So, yeah, those are the another toy to enter my museum. All right. So, I think that's about it. Um, Dean, what have you got for horror news this week? Uh, we're going to start that off with some non-horror news. And uh, if you, I know that the, the, the ghoul and I were discussing this yesterday. Uh, as we've had many lengthy conversations about this topic, but uh, apparently YouTube is exiting the scripted series uh, market. Uh, They are shutting down their scripted series departments. And with that being said, Netflix has acquired the rights to Cobra Kai. Uh, The first season season (laughs) one and two, uh, season one and two of Cobra Kai currently on YouTube are going to hit Netflix a little bit later this year, uh, followed by the third season later this year, which will debut on Netflix. No date for any of that have, has been announced yet. Uh, season one and two are not going to be exclusive to Netflix. They will remain on YouTube as well. Uh, and I guess YouTube will have the rights to, to deal them out to other, you know, to other avenues. But uh, as far as season three, and if it goes beyond season three, uh, Netflix is forked over the dough, and it will become the official home to Cobra Kai. So uh, the creators uh, say that they are thrilled with the developments. Um, they said that they've always envisioned Cobra Kai as a three-season show uh, from the beginning, but uh, during the second season, they did say that they do have other ideas uh, to continue with beyond that, uh, if there is opportunity, and since Netflix uh, throws uh, you know a lot of dough at a lot of projects, and here comes a a popular pro- uh, popular property who uh, you know had a ton of viewership on Netflix. I mean, the, the first episode from the Hell first yeah. season, something like 20 million views or something, uh, it was a, a very you know very watched show, and going to Netflix will just broaden the audience. Um, 
you know, a perfect example of this, and I'm sure there's many people like this, is my brother, uh, who, who I know would love this, but he has said, oh, but I've got to do the fucking free trial, and you over, then you forget to, then you forget to, you know, delete it, and you end up paying, and I'm not going to, you know. Uh, yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, for this to hit Netflix, I'm sure there are many people that, that maybe did the same thing, that now will get the chance. So anyway, there's no dates uh, with that news, but it, it will be hitting... Uh, later this year, um, you know, the cast is all excited. Everyone's excited. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, I, I, as I have said, on, we've talked about it on the show. I think that it's just a fucking brilliant show. And I can't wait for season three. No, me either. Same here, man. Especially after that season two <laughs> finale. Like, they got to oh. continue that story, man. <laughs> can't leave it that way. <laughs> you know, I got to see what happens next. I'm looking forward to that. But I think season, like, uh, three season arc is good. You know, I mean, if they want to continue, I guess. But, you know, sometimes those shows wear out their welcomes after a couple extra seasons. So if they could just do three seasons and be out, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, just give them one more to finish the arc. If anything else, just let them finish the arc. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that comes down to the creators, obviously. You know what I mean? If they, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, again, like Dean said, if Netflix turns around and is like, hey, here's, you know, the money truck. What can you guys do? Then they're gonna say we can know, do season can't. four. We could do season four, <laughs> and maybe even five. Um, you know, they. Uh, I just hope that yes, I hope that it has the same creative uh, sensibilities as to what we've right. gotten so far with season one and two, and again, obviously three, if that's how they originally envisioned it. Um, I'm fucking ecstatic for this. I love Cobra Kai again. Me and Dean have gone yeah. over this so many times. Conversations. You know, there, there is nary a show that has elicited the amount of tearfall, you know, that I can't, I can't <laughs> recollect other than like Friday Night Lights. No, man. Um, it's you know, real. So it's as real, far as you know? that goes, that's, uh, that, that's uh, some rough stuff. So it's definitely a connection based on the, uh, the series itself. I know Donovan um, bring up my, my son down in college. He, similar to your brother, has not seen the whole series um, due to the fact that, you know, he didn't have the YouTube thing, didn't want to go through the whole process of it. And I guess when I had it, um, I must have not have given him my login. And uh, that's why he didn't get to watch it that way. So he's excited about it, you know. So hopefully, again, ho- hopefully this opens it up to a hell of a lot more viewers. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we're not, this, we're, not a, we're not a Karate Kid podcast, and I know we need to move on, but I do just want to say that, uh, well, we you know, based on the conversations <laughs> that, that the ghoul and I have had about this, while, you know, off the air, um, you know, when I think about it, like, I saw the original Karate Kid in the movie theater. Um, <laughs> it came out in the summer of 1984. Um, I just looked up the actual release date, which was in July, so I hadn't e- I didn't even... Uh, turn eight yet uh so i was seven years old um mm-hmm. about to turn eight in the summer of 84 and uh you know so now we're talking about you know characters that have been you know part of the fabric of my movie loving life for for thir- over 30 years um yeah and you can de- you can debate the merits of you know the subsequent offerings but the first Karate Kid and the second Karate Kid are just fucking amazing. And, you know, the third one has its moments, and it's easy to make fun of it, I but enjoy I love that it one. still. And, uh, yeah, not so much, I, when it's on, I fucking watch it. I don't, you know what I'm saying? But, like, <laughs> quality-wise, you know, it, 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 it doesn't rise to the levels of the first two. Uh, but Terry Silver is a great villain, though. 
That's the oh, thing. fantastic. So yeah. She saves the shit out of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sure as fuck did. you know, for, for, for these characters, for these actors and performers to want to, to have signed on to this and, and come back to, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of people and I've, I've had this argument with my dad, like on, on a few occasions who just like heard about this and like rolled his eyes um, and two seasons in, truly, like, I, tr- I truly believe that it's a fucking brilliant fucking story. And it totally does elicit all the fucking emotions, uh, you know, wrapped up into this series of movies that I've seen a million fucking times since I'm eight fucking years old. I'm going to be 44 this summer, you know? Uh, so I'm fucking beyond stoked. And, and really, like, there might not be anything on the horizon coming out that I'm looking forward to more than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I saw it in theaters, too. Uh, I've seen one, two, and three all in theater. Um, and never saw the next Karate Kid in theater. And obviously didn't go see the Jackie yeah, Chan in that theaters. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And you know, you know, it's funny when the when the second I know I, we, we will I promise we're moving on. But when I when I when the <laughs> second season when the second season hit, um, you know, I, I like. I guess enough time had gone by that I was able to like get the Netflix trial again, maybe or the something. Or maybe again. I used, yep. uh, or maybe I used one of my other emails. I, I don't know. But anyway, I remember like watching it and like. I think the, you got to use a like, different credit card. That's the trick. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what mm. the. Anyway, but when I watched the second season, uh, immediately uh, for whatever the reasons were, uh, the ghoul was kind of holding out a little bit, and I was like. Come on, dude! You gotta fucking watch it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And he's like, I'll get there. I'll get there. And then, then he started watching it. And just like a couple of hours later, you know, he's like, Oh my fucking god! This is fucking amazing. I remember we stood on the phone one time for like two fucking hours talking about it. Once he got through it all, man, it was fucking. Mm-hmm. But um, but <laughs> moving along. Uh, does anybody have any other final comments on on Cobra Kai? Uh, I don't. Anybody, I'm anybody move on, so, uh... move along. All right. So, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I think, I think AMC, you covered it all, Dean. <laughs> thank you very much. AMC, who uh, had announced their uh, their plans for reopening their theaters, uh, came along with the announcements that they will not be requiring uh, theater goers to wear masks. Uh, staff will be wearing masks, but theater goers were not. But apparently, there was such a groundswell of backlash that they have now released a second statement that says <laughs> theater goers will be required, uh, will be required to wear masks. Uh, mm. That if people arrive to the theater without masks, they will have masks available for a dollar. Um, but theater goers uh, will be required to wear masks. They say during showings, I don't know uh, if there's actually going to be staff members patrolling the theaters and making sure you have your mask on when you're watching the movie. Uh, but they're proclaiming that if you want to attend a theater showing at AMC Cinemas, you must be wearing a mask. Uh, and this, uh, you know, comes after their original plan uh, due to backlash. Well, it's going to be interesting how they group chat. That. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm saying I know you weighed in on that on the group chat because you're still going to be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, no again, fucking way. man. It's gonna yeah. be a bit before I hit any kind of fucking movie theater or anything like that. Um, I know, unfortunately, you know, COVID is obviously still around, even though everybody seems to have forgotten that for a little while. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, and unfortunately, where the dean is has had quite a spike and a surge, so I'm sure we're gonna start seeing that happen all over the place and. 
It'll be what it'll be. So yeah, no, not not going to any theaters. They can tell me they're gonna fucking. They can tell me they're gonna bathe the entire place in fucking rubbing alcohol for all I care, and I'm still not gonna be going to the theater anytime soon. What if they, <laughs> but of what course, if they like, bathe the like place say, in Google? Yeah, well, you know, what's happening, though, is they'll be like, you know, well, we bumped up the fucking, you know, the Black Widow movie. And I'm going to be like, yeah, where's my ticket? Hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to be cheese. showing up for that. cheese, motherfuckers, please. <laughs> he, he, he'll show up in a yeah, positive you, air blow hazmat suit. <laughs> I love my pretzels with cheese like Danielson loves his yeah, macaroni no and cheese. You love, your okay? pretzels, you love your pretzels with cheese so much that you wouldn't, you don't even ever share one pretzel nugget. I'd be in the movies <laughs> sometime and I'd be like, yo, let me get one pretzel with cheese. And you're like, no, man, these are my pretzels with cheese. Get your own pretzels with cheese. You wouldn't even share one pretzel nugget. How, how much for just, of course how much for just one pretzel with cheese? <laughs> they weren't $15 in 1997. <laughs> no, no, ten dollars. That's actually when they they wouldn't give you a like a like whatever it is the uh, the brand of cheese that's in a tub sealed. They would just put it in the little <laughs> fucking hole that was in the tray, oh. and they would just like the cardboard a little plunger down and just fill it right the fuck in and be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna slather this shit all over my body one day. <laughs> no, and I don't share my pretzel cheese. Even the cool girl, she's only had it. She's only had like maybe three pretzels of mine like you know like she knows she'll give me she'll look at me and she'll get the look she'll get the look of like yeah don't even fucking think about it you know if you want pretzels and cheese you buy your own damn pretzels and cheese <laughs> of course then after yeah. I finish my pretzels with cheese which is pretty much by the time the credits are, are halfway through you know I have no pretzels with cheese anymore so now I tuck the tray underneath well, the fucking seat the cheese right I'm away the it's gonna get all disgusting yeah, and it gets fucking cold. That's true. The pretzels yeah. start to get cold, and then mm-hmm. they get tacky, and then the cheese starts to get like thick and weird, you know. So no, you gotta yeah, eat man. it when they're hot and fresh. <laughs> you can't win. Please <laughs> <laughs> just don't buy them. I'm just seeing his karate kid moment now. I need a little now. poster of it in there is... with me. <laughs> it's his karate kid moment. Pretzels buy a secret poster of it. You just make your own pretzels and cheese next to the seat next to you. <laughs> so I'm making them fucking. I mean, I know some of these theaters you can have them deliver your shit to your seat at like specific times and stuff. Like they started doing like it's not like the, yeah. the yep. eat in dine in ones, but like just even the regular theaters, you could be like, yeah, I want an order of popcorn. You know, the movie starts at one. Well, I want it at like one forty. Like, like I feel bad doing what? that. Like you know, like if there's other, if there's other people sitting around me, like now it's not even. They're going to get interrupted with my ass in their face as I get up to go get something and disrupt the movie. No, instead they're going to have, like, one of the, the people that work there have to deliver food as if I'm, like, fucking, you know, some kind of rich socialite that's, like, sitting there and, oh, bring me my pretzels with cheese and a large cherry lime Sprite. He's in. Thank you. He's an aristocrat. <laughs> and, that, and that's when you just sit that there and hold the pretzels and cheese and... And then you just turn around and be like, AMC pass, bitches. <laughs> A-list. Yeah. <laughs> I own this shit. Shut up. <laughs> Don't look at me while I'm eating. <laughs> Avert your eyes. Watch the fucking movie. <laughs> I'll pay my $23 a month, I do. <laughs> Put your mask back on, bitch. I'm eating here. <laughs> like, are they going to allow food? 
That's a question because he can't eat or drink with a mask on. So if the idea is that, okay, we're going to pull the masks up, we'll pull them down so that we can eat and then put them back over our face again, you might as well just yeah. eliminate the whole idea of using the masks anyway. So it's either they're not going to make any money on concessions, which we know that that's not going to be a view to us. Which means yeah. there's not going to be people patrolling the fucking thing, which means there are going to be people that go to the theater, and then they're going to get mad at other people because people are not wearing their masks the way those people would like them to. And there's going to be fighting, and there's going to be brawls, and there's going to be all-out war. And then people are going to protest. They're going to protest the movie. That's going to be the problem. That's the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, ev- everyone's fighting in the aisles. Everyone's brawling. School don't give a fuck. He's just popping his pretzels in cheese while he's watching Black Widow. He's like, I don't even give a fuck. Oh, you motherfuckers, do your thing. I will start keep it down. Like ruckus. I will start talking like ruckus from the boondocks. I'll be like, y'all just stay away from my pretzels with cheese. But <laughs> <laughs> you dare God look at damn, you white people, stay away from my pretzels. <laughs> All right, uh, so Dean, what's next? What do you got? Writer-director, writer-director Walter Hill, uh, who's directed several movies that I dearly, dearly, dearly love. Uh, Apparently he's written a uh, 50-page treatment for an Alien sequel uh, where, you know, Ripley is the main character and has said that uh, he has gotten this into the hands of Sigourney Weaver, who confirms... Uh, that she has received this 50-page treatment uh, with an idea uh, for an Aliens sequel continuing uh, the Ripley story, Uh, you know, whether or not this is something that uh, can actually get made, who knows? Uh, Weaver uh, has said several times that, like, in the right situation, she would step back into the Ripley shoes again, but she's also said that, uh, you know, considering the directions that Ridley Scott has gone uh, with his, you know, delving back into the alien world, that maybe, uh, you know, Ripley's story has been told already. So, um, you know, who knows what will happen with that, but, uh, you know, Walter Hill did have a hand in, uh, you know, writing some of Alien and Aliens, uh, you know, just, you know, small, like, script touch-ups here and there, uh, so is, you know, part of that universe in some way, uh, but, you know, I guess he's got this idea for, for a big, uh, big version. Now, King, yeah. King you, put, you, you, you put on the Talking Terror page an article where, it, wasn't it saying that she, she might do it if it was her, only her last movie? Uh, no, she didn't say that. Uh, what the, what the, uh, Dean had said was correct, that, uh, she would go back to it under the right circumstances, but at the moment she feels like Ripley needs to rest. Um, but Walter Hill, with his Alien 5 script, he wants to give Ripley a proper send-off, one that we didn't really quite get with Alien Resurrection. So this well, would be Ripley the ultimate Alien kind of action. Which now no, it wasn't. Question, you know, but where does mm-hmm. Resurrection fit into this whole thing? Is this going to take place prior to Resurrection, where Ripley has been dead for a number of years, and they've just got her genetic material, which is why they're constantly cloning her? It would have to be. Like, I, that's, I mean, obviously I haven't read that script uh, from Walter Hill, but I would assume that's, half, that's the only way you could go about it to properly give Ellen Ripley a, a, you know, a send-off. I mean, I, I can't imagine any other way of doing it. 
But yeah, like Alien Resurrection was such a fucking letdown. Especially after Alien 3. It had its moments, man. Ron Perlman did a lot for me oh, yeah. in that movie. There's just specific scenes that I just love with him, like him doing that little yeah. trick on the ladder where he goes over backwards and he's shooting. And even oh, though the yeah. Scene, Fuck yeah. Like he's, fi- <laughs> he's firing to the left and the right of the fucking alien when the alien's right down the middle, and there's nothing that you can really do about that to stage it other than just make some real weird digital confuckery. So they just kept it going down the left and the right, so I, I can appreciate that. But there was just something really cool about a big guy like that, trying to fucking pull that move off. Um, whether they're really him doing the stunts or not, I don't know. Whatever. That movie, yes, like you said, was very disappointing. Now, the one positive thing as far as taking it into prior to Resurrection territory is the fact that we kind of don't know exactly where, I mean, as far as I know, I don't remember where on the timeline, how far, how much time has been between three and Resurrection. So Ripley aging isn't going to be a problem, you know, Sigourney Weaver being a little bit older, because you could fit her anywhere within those, however many years are in between Alien 3 and Resurrection. True. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they, they could do it. Any, I mean, I know that for a while, um, I mean, this is like uh, two or three years ago, Michael Bain was talking about how they were going to bring back Hicks for another Alien entry that never got made. And I know it's not Alien 5, uh, like Walter Hill has written, but I'd like to see his character return too. I think that'd be great to, yeah. to have Hicks make a return. Yeah, and and that's the thing about these movies is again these characters never not don't don't really have any real send off, so you can poke them in and then just write them into the universe and then give them proper endings. Well, I mean, the opening of Alien Three didn't give a proper send off to a lot of. <laughs> actors from Alien. Yeah. So. <laughs> Newt, you're out of here. <laughs> you're out of here. Yeah. He's like, damn! I think the cat died too or something. <laughs> yep, cat was gone too. <laughs> Shows how important they were to the canon of Alien. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like yeah. the... the the, the one motherfucker that caused everyone else to die in the goddamn movie, you know, and now it's just like, nope, you caused too much trouble. We're writing you out. <laughs> I think right. what they uh, should do, honestly, before, yeah. I mean, obviously, listen, the reality is this. Both the actors that I'm going to be talking about are completely over the age and shouldn't be doing anything like this. But I think with with some clever writing and some decent expectation – why don't we finally have the Alien and Predator movie that gives us both Ripley and Dutch on the same fucking screen? Hmm. Ooh. Yeah, I'd be in for that. I, I would. My ticket's hey. bought for that. <laughs> oh. Man, just a little, it, Dutch little, Ripley, little bit like, of like, cloning. A little bit of cloning, and you bring Dutch back easy enough, man. Alien takes place in the future. If they're building fucking, you know, synthetic androids, then you can easily fucking create, you know, Dutch. Just bring him back. Well, I mean, you could play as Dutch in the Alien Hunting Ground video game. His DLC is this out, is so true. you could play as that character. Voice by Schwarzenegger. It's out, but those graphics look rough as shit, man. Those look like some, you know, early good. PlayStation 3 graphics. <laughs> I'm still not, pay- I'm not paying full price for what that looks like, man. So I actually nope. got to look up some reviews and see what people are saying about it. 
I've seen playthroughs and they don't look good. <laughs> like the, the monkey had said, the graphics are just terrible. But, you know, if you're a fan of Predator, you might want to check it out. But, all right, Dean, so what's next on the docket? So, Kevin Bacon has a legendary resume, has starred in so many iconic movies, uh, all the way back to his role in uh, Friday the 13th, the original. And uh, he was... I guess he's got a new movie coming out and was doing some press and was fielding some questions. And he was, you know, he was asked about interactions with fans and so on and so forth. And Kevin Bacon has said that the, uh, what he is most often asked to autograph is still from Friday the 13th when the spear is coming up from under the mattress into his throat. And he said that while... He said that while he loves the fact that uh, this has lived on and that he got to be in Friday the 13th, one of the most beloved movies in horror, uh, that getting to see himself dead uh, so many millions of times, so I don't know about millions, but so many times over the years with this <laughs> constantly being shoved in his face uh, has weighed on him. And, uh, you know, he still will happily sign, but, like, whenever it gets stuffed in front of his face, he's like, uh, again. So anyway, um, you know, he's just one of those guys that's been in so many of those movies. Like, uh, I think that's just like a funny story. Um, you know, I know I read a story about him like a long time ago that whenever he goes to like a, like a function, like a wedding or a gala or something like that with a DJ, the first thing he does is go to the DJ with a big fat cash tip and says, no matter what you do, please don't play the song Footloose. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, heard that too, man. I guess I get that. Though. I get that. Yeah. yeah I so anyway, I, I just got, thought it was funny. A lot of shit about the Friday the Thirteenth thing because he doesn't. He just doesn't understand why people want a fucking picture of him getting killed. You know, like what? You know, his right. picture yeah. of me dying. You know, fucking arrow coming <laughs> through his neck, blood spurting everywhere. It's an iconic <laughs> Wait, moment in that movie. Yeah, well, I, I agree. <sighs> But that's the thing that anyway, when I read that article, um, yeah, it's, it, the thing is, though, is that when he said that people come up to him with that picture, I'm like, well, he doesn't do conventions. He's not on that circuit yet. So, like, where are people coming up to him with this picture? Like, he's going Wedding. to the grocery stores and they're running up with that picture? Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, yeah, it's just when he said that, that I was like, okay, but where are you that you're getting this picture shoved at you? On the set of other movies. <laughs> it's all over. It's all over. People go, like they see him in the city, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? I got to get over to Walgreens right now because Kevin Bacon's over there, and I need to print me out that picture of him getting that arrow shot to his fucking neck, and I'm gonna ask him to sign it." Well, well, yeah, then the, what he needs I'm to do? Is, what, what, when stuff when stuff gets squared away in Friday the Thirteenth Land. What he needs to do is get himself in a new Friday 13th movie. <laughs> and then they'll have a new <laughs> picture to get autographed. Yeah, I think he's over it. I think he's over Friday the 13th. He's, he's well past that slasher. Um, but the new movie that he's in, is uh, it's called uh, You Should Have Left. I'm looking forward to checking that out. It looks really good, actually. It's... I want to see, we want to see it really bad. Unfortunately, it's one of those where it's the home premiere and you can only rent it for $20 and that's just not fucking happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, you know who nope. did it right, man? You know, a rental only movie that I caught this past week. We, we, we enjoyed it. We watched Becky. 
Okay, Becky is a rental for six ninety nine. See, that's reasonable. I could rent that that's and nice. not feel like I got fucking butt banged by by doing that. So did you have fun watching Becky? Becky. Becky. Um, Becky. Uh, it's so much <laughs> as I say it. I can't stand it. Bucker. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was it was interesting. To, to Yeah, we had fun watching it. That, that much I'll say. You know, and I don't want to give any spoilers or anything to that nature. Um, but, yeah, we, we did have a good time. Uh, I know a lot of people were worried about the, the King of Queens or whoever. What was his name? Kevin Heffert? No, he's not Kevin Kevin Heffert. James. Uh, Kevin, Kevin James. James. Kevin James. Uh, Listen, man, both heavy set white actors, okay? Um, <laughs> easy enough to do. Why can't uh, you just say heavy set actors? I don't know, that. because I'm not talking about fucking Cedric fucking. I was going to say Cedric Diggory, okay? Cedric. <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs> um, so, regardless. Uh, everybody was worried about him playing a serious role. You know, we could only see him as comedy, this and that. They they do a decent enough job real early in the film to kind of let you know, like, okay, no comedy is going to be involved with his <laughs> character or persona at all. It's just like, yeah, no, 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 and no. So... Now, now, is it hard to still distinguish that and say, like, look at him and say, yeah, that's that funny guy, you know, or hey, fat guy, make me laugh type of deal. Oh, it's body shaming. I'm sorry. Um, you know, hey, hey, guy, make me laugh. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess there were moments where I was like, okay, yeah, that's Kevin James. Other times I'm like, wow, that guy's really fucked up. So. Take that for what it is. I think go check it out yourself and let us know what you fucking think. How about that? There you go. Woo-hoo. Right on point. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Dean. So it's next. Eloquent. Now, back in 1972, Ray Bradbury wrote a sci-fi comedy story called The Halloween Tree. And uh, The Halloween Tree is a beloved old story that he uh, actually wrote a screen, uh, screenplay for and narrated it back for an animated TV special in 1993 that actually won an Emmy for outstanding writing in an animated program, but apparently uh, work is beginning to bring Ray Bradbury's uh, The Halloween Tree to the big screen uh, sometime next year. I think that's going to be fucking awesome. It's like, uh, again, yeah, King, you put it on the Talking Terror page, and I remember watching, you know, the special when it came out back back in the day. It was just, it could have been better in my opinion, but at the same time, still fun. But you know, this is definitely one of those books that you grew up reading as a kid, right, King? Oh yeah, yep, no, constantly. Mm. One of my go-to's was the Halloween mm. Tree. I loved it, mm. and I did watch the animated special too mm. with Leonard Nimoy voicing his own. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm excited about the turning this into a big project. I just hope they give it good, solid animation, because you know it'll have a decent cast. I just hope they give it good, solid animation with good character design. You know, Well, me. we don't know if it's going to be animated yet, or it's going to be live action. They haven't said either or. They just said the oh, adaptation's okay. on the way. So it could be animated, or it could be live action. Don't know yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't announced it yet, so... I have to stay tuned. I wouldn't mind seeing a live action. I think it's possible. 
to do a live action one, that would be good, you know. So it well, could be animated, yeah. or it could be live action. Mm. Could be could CGI. Could be a white screen, <laughs> you know, sound in the background. <laughs> Either or. Well, well, wasn't that the lighthouse? <laughs> oh, the lighthouse is a fucking trip, dude. <laughs> just, don't fuck with the lighthouse, dude. I'm a huge fan of that movie. <laughs> Sorry. I will fight you. I'll die on that hill. No, I was talking about the whole sound thing that the ghoul was saying. That's all because, again, the ghoul just reiterates about how important sound is in that movie especially. So that's why I was saying that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, uh, so what's next? So uh, David Harbour of Stranger Things has said – uh, and he's had so much to say, but has said that season four of Stranger Things is going to feature not only monsters and horror and scares, but he's saying that season four of Stranger Things is also going to feature some Indiana Jones-style action. Uh, so, hmm. um, you know, he's been the only one out there kind of given any information about the fourth season, but, uh, you know, he's talked about it, you know, you know, kind of getting out into the bigger universe outside of Hawkins. Uh, but this is the first time he's talked about action, and he says there will be Indiana Jones-style action in the fourth season of Stranger Things. Well, Looking forward we're to supposed it. to have a big year this year with uh, the Black Widow movie. Um, you know, I know he's got a uh, you know pretty much a close to leading role. You know, it's, it's Scarlett Johansson's movie to carry, but I know the, uh, mm-hmm. the chick from Midsummer and, and him both have you know, quite large roles in the film as well. They're, they're quite important. Um, so, so he was a a big deal there. So that kind of sucks that he had to lose out on all that. Uh, I know Hellboy didn't, didn't work out the way he wanted it to. So. That's important. The whole Hellboy thing. I mean, it's, it's not a great movie, but I feel bad for him. (laughs) You know, taking on a role that was made famous by Ron Perlman and stepping into those shoes is almost impossible. You know, to really kind of do it. And he tried. You know, it's just it's unfortunate that it just wasn't a good movie. Kind of a mess for David Harbour. All right. So, Dean, what else you got? Uh, so, uh, Evil Dead news. The new Ooh. Evil Dead film. Uh, apparently, Sam Raimi has handpicked Lee Cronin to direct the next installment, which is going to be called... Evil Dead Rise, and say they say this is going full bore ahead in 2021. And Bruce Campbell says that uh, you should be expecting a whole new ball game. Uh, that this film is not going to feature any more Cabin in the Woods. Um, Interesting. So it'll be curious, but uh, I'll be curious to see what that means. And and Dean, as a grammar person that you are. Because I found this when it said Evil Dead Rise, I felt like there should be a comma after Evil Dead. Evil Dead, comma, rise, <laughs> exclamation point. Not just Evil Dead Rise. Well, like just, I'm glad that you're paying attention to such things because I was not. Well, well, well you that's have just something just that stuck with me. Well, Evil Dead Rise without the comma is just going to be the porn adaptation of Evil Dead, comma, rise, exclamation point. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's just uh, one of those things that was weird that it stuck with me. I'm like, I feel like there should be a comma there, or just uh, you know, semicolon rise. You know, not just straight across the <laughs> little bit rise. 
So, but at the same time, it makes perfect it, sense for them to be going out into the bigger world because they did the exact same thing with Ash versus Evil Dead. Why don't they do it with mm-hmm, the movies? Yeah. They don't. They don't need to be locked into the location. It's you know we've talked about this before. Why don't they expand the world of Evil Dead to where it's not just about Ash and you know them going after Ash? They want the entire world. They don't just want Brucey. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dean. What are you saying? Oh, I was just going to continue with some more Bruce Campbell stuff. Um, Go ahead. So anyway, in addition to that, Bruce Campbell was saying how uh, he is uh, actively working on a potential sequel to his 2007 My Name is Bruce. Uh, and that Love idea that, that he has is called um, so Bruce versus Frankenstein. Uh, and he wants to make it. Uh, like an Expendables for the horror world and kind of round up anyone he can think of. Uh, He wants to get, quote, so many people, such as Kane Hodder and Robert England, and he wants some people to be playing themselves and some of them to be playing alternate characters. Uh, He said that uh, this definitely is happening first in graphic novel form, but after the graphic novel, uh, the hope is to turn this into a feature film. So a lot of irons in the fire for Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I'm glad to see that he's working, getting the mind working on that. Um, I know back in 2010, he talked about uh, that movie. Um, but the Expendables of Horror, they kind of did it with Death House. And that movie just I I might be say, in the minority, but it wasn't good. Death House wasn't good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, wasn't that the one with Kane Hodder and he was supposed to like have another team of people with him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had a ton of people from the horror community in that movie. It's just the movie wasn't good. But it was supposed to be the expendables of, of you know, horror. And just well, like, overall, it was a pretty bad movie. But uh, Bruce doing what he wants to do, I think it would be great. Uh, in graphic novel form, if people buy it and they like it, you know, maybe they could make it into a movie. Anything Bruce Campbell well, does, I'll watch. I don't care. I mean, I've seen even his, his low-grade B-movie stuff, and it's still good. Sci-fi originals. I would, <laughs> the one thing I would say <laughs> with the whole, you know, Death House being the, the, whatever you want to call it, the Expendables of horror. Like, all right, the Expendables was taking, you know, some some of the the bigger action movie stars and right. putting them in in movies, doing what they do as as action stars. Um, I can't tell you Sylvester Stallone's character's name from The Expendables. That's Sylvester Stallone. Nope. Same thing for Jason. Barney Tate, Ross. Same thing for all that. You know, like, so, so <laughs> when I look at, what is it? Barney Ross. Okay, there you go. See, you can be Barney fucking Rubble for all I care. Um, I, I, can't tell you the, I can't tell you the names of any other character. Jason Statham was okay, Christmas. Christmas or something like that. I remember I do actually remember that because of that. Um but regardless, my point being is if you want to actually do a quote unquote expendables of horror, I don't know if it's so much about the actors as it is about the characters at that point. You wanna see you know, you don't want to see Kane Hodder in the movie. You wanna see Kane Hodder as like Jason Voorhees or Victor Crowley. You know, you don't want to see Robert mm-hmm. England yeah. walking around as Robert England. You want to see him as Freddy Krueger or hell, right. maybe the guy from <laughs> 2000 Maniacs or 20,000 Maniacs, whatever the name of that damn movie That's is. That's a good one. Remember it. 2001 Maniacs. Um, there you go, that. Uh, so, so that's that's the thing there, you know. Yeah, but yeah. again, you're talking, I don't want to see you're them talking doing about something else. Franchi- 
franchising all over the place about how to be able to get all those franchises to agree on shit and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I know that. You know, big big old war ground, you know. But, yeah, I agree. That would be an awesome, awesome project. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be an awesome project. I know a couple, I think a year or two ago, there was a movie called Smothered that had uh, Arhey Mihailov, who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 3, um, Don Shanks from Halloween 5, Kane Hodder, obviously. And then it had Bill Mosley, who was supposed to be playing a Freddy Krueger-type character because they couldn't get the rights to Freddy Krueger. Robert England wasn't going to be involved. So he was playing this guy that had knives in both hands and wore a blue and red striped sweater. And that was supposed to be another kind of fun horror comedy, but also the legends of horror. And it's a fun movie, but again, not quite Expendables horror, because that would be these characters, like the ghoul had said. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Candyman, get, you know, the, the heavies in there. And all battle it out. That would be the ultimate. <laughs> Agreed. You know where all I right, stand. So, what, so, 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 King of Horror, <laughs> you said that uh, you would watch anything with Bruce Campbell. What if Bruce Campbell uh, was going to be the lead in the next Star Wars movie? I'd have to go see it. Ouch. I'd have to go. <laughs> you say ouch? As much as I don't. As much as I don't like Star Wars, I'd have to go see it. (laughs) Because I've seen almost everything he's done, including the TV series, Briscoe County Jr., the Jack of All Trades, (laughs) his role on Xena and Hercules. But but did you ever watch the Ice Rink? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) And it was also a, a romantic comedy he did back in the 80s called Going Home that I watched too. So. Okay, because I know the Ice Rink was a romantic movie that he did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I've seen it. If Bruce Campbell's name's in it, I've probably seen it. And I do remember that one. <laughs> also, Going Home, being another romantic comedy that he was in it. And also, Tornado with Ernie Hudson, where he was a tornado chaser. <laughs> it's on sci-fi all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it was, because there, there was that one, and then it was the one where he was the uh, tiny little... Um, Air, airport cop or something like that, and they were down in an ice storm or something like that, and aliens were taking over that tiny little airport. <laughs> yeah, saw that one. Incident of Dome 13. And then also uh, The Man with the Screaming Brain, which he wrote and directed. Well, yeah. <laughs> also adapted into a Dark Horse comic. <laughs> yeah. And uh... <laughs> oh. Right? Right on, Bruce. Oh. Hail to the oh. king, baby. <laughs> like, totally... I think, yeah, I think the amount of of time that I could deal with Bruce Campbell in a Star Wars movie would probably be about the same length that Justin Thoreau was in The Last Jedi. Um, I think I think that's about all the Campbell I could handle in Star Wars. <laughs> it would only be a cameo, I'm sure, if Bruce Campbell was going to be in a Star Wars movie. It'd be in like a five-minute cameo. It wouldn't be in the entire fucking movie. I think it would be a quick shot for people that know. No five minutes. No five minutes, please. (laughs) For the love of fucking God. I mean, Simon Simon Pegg was in one of the Star Wars movies as a fucking creature. And you wouldn't know he was in it unless you checked the credits. And he was only in it for a minute. And you know what? I could deal with that. If he's not cambling it up, 
you know, then if he takes it serious, okay, and actually, like, gets in whatever alien garb, and like you said, like, Simon Pegg is in the movie, you can't tell, because he's whatever character that he nope. is. So you don't think of it as Simon Pegg. I don't want to think of, oh, look, there's Bruce Campbell, you know, like, like what are they going to do, stick him in a fucking stormtrooper outfit with a ginormous chin that sticks out of the bottom of the fucking mask or something? <laughs> that, that would be awesome. He has the one stormtrooper helmet that's got a really huge chin. <laughs> Just constantly knocking against the mic, you know? <laughs> oh, excuse me, sir. Let me, let me just adjust this real quick. <laughs> All right, Dean. Uh, what else do you got? From the files of shit that makes you want right. to bash my head against the wall, uh, apparently uh, there is a petition going around that is demanding that Netflix remove uh, M. Night Shyamalan's split because it's offensive to people uh, with disassociative identity disorder. What? That's fuck, Sam. <laughs> it's not fake. Not, this is not. legit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome wow. to a fucking complain about everything. See, this is the problem. <laughs> with opening doors to actual problems in the world. Because when you open doors to, like, real issues and real problems, there's all these other, like, it's like looking at that fucking scene in South Park where he asks, uh, they're on uh, Wheel of Fortune, and Randy's up there, and the fucking thing comes up, and it's people who annoy him. You know, and, and what I'm thinking is, it's just all the people like leaning over and blink, blink, looking. It's like a major issue occurs for the right reasons. And people are complaining. People are coming together. People are doing all these things right. The voices are being fucking heard, man. And then you have these fucking creepers that come out of the woodwork and they're like, well, you know, since you're busy complaining about that, you know, can we take care of this? please uh thank you uh no listen man okay <laughs> suck a dick it's a fucking movie there's a ton of movies out there that deal with people with fucking personality disorders and shit like that deal with it don't watch the fucking movie you, how about that just, what's the coolest <laughs> talking about if you guys don't remember it was an episode of south park and he was on uh Stan oh, Potter, was on the wheel of fortune and it was uh <laughs> n blank cgers and the category was people who annoy me and uh, the correct answer was naggers. <laughs> the correct answer was naggers. Um, like someone that nags you all the time. And that is not what uh, Randy said. He fell into that trap. I just love Jesse Jackson in that episode. Yeah, apologize. Apologize. Anyway, I saw, I, saw, I saw that story, and that's legit. Like, I looked it, I looked it up. It's like there's a legit petition out there. It's just, you know, it's, it's news in a lot of places. I don't know. I just was like fucking slamming my head against the table. Well, they just they, they just oh, they anyway, can't handle on. his rap, man. They can't handle his rap game because it's mad good, yo. His rap game is good. Shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> uh, Does that mean we can't have glass anymore either? Because he's in glass too. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he's just far, really the beast as as... glass. <laughs> I didn't didn't get that far, but anyway. Uh, moving on, uh, Halloween Kills has a slate, uh, slated release date for October 16th this year, and uh, you know Jason Blum is, you know, while that date is still set, um, you know his hope right now is just that they can get it into theaters uh, by the time by the end of the year. So they're working on getting the trailer out soon, 
and everything, uh, and they don't know if their release date is going to hold, uh, but they do hope uh, that by the end of the year, at least, they can get this into the movie theater. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, The fact that they want to get it out by October, which is what they're planning. But then again, he said that they want to have everything in Hollywood kind of die down before they release the trailer, because I was expecting it by next month to have the trailer out, because that's usually when you want to do it, midsummer, so you get that October release, but now he's not so sure. You know, they still plan on doing it, but now he's kind of hesitating a little bit. So we might not get it this year. might be next year. Just have to wait and see. Man. <laughs> we got to wait that long to be disappointed. We'll see what happens. Bill anyway. <laughs> but something else you don't have to wait that long to be disappointed by is uh, something else that Netflix is bringing to us on July 1st. Uh, they're going to drop King the first Dick? season of oh. their new version of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, now, yeah. uh, they they have released uh, the first six episodes into the hands of the reviewers. Um, but some updates on the format of the show... Um, one, well, because, and this is of interest to me, as I'm sure I've said before on this program, that, uh, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, one of my all-time favorite shows, uh, but um, they are going to be keeping with the the distinct uh, theme music for Unsolved Mysteries, but where this is going to differ from previous offerings, uh, because the original, the original series uh, at first was hosted by uh, Raymond Burr, Carl Madden, and Robert Stack, but after the first season, uh, it became uh, strictly Robert Stack. Uh, there's not mm-hmm. going to be any narrator. Uh, there's not going to be a host or a narrator, uh, and they are going to be uh, kind of using a, a documentary style that's not going to distinguish it from any other true crime style documentaries that are out there and different from the original series uh, this is going to explore just one case per episode uh, which some reviewers say causes some of the episodes that they've seen to drag a little bit Um, but that's what it's going to look like Uh, it's going to be just documentary style with interviews and news clips and so on and so forth um, but what the word is that it just looks like any other true crime documentary that's out there, which is kind of disappointing. The original, to me, yeah. just to read that. I mean, I'm going to check it out just mm. to see, uh, but the original run, Unsolved mm. Mysteries, with Robert Stack as host is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I do not remember another version after Robert Stack where uh, Virginia Madsen was the host, but I do remember the version uh, from around uh, you know the late 2008, 2010 era where Dennis Farina was the host, and that was pretty shitty too um but anyway i'll be looking forward to checking it out but i i don't have high hopes they i think they really need to break it up they definitely need a host because even with robert stack and doing like you know two to three segments per episode even some of those would drag on their own i can't see them doing just one story per episode and then for it to hold my attention the entire time without (laughs) <laughs> the host explaining stuff, telling the story, and, you know, what are we supposed to do about updates? What if we have an update on the Unsolved Mystery? Who's going to tell us there's an update? <laughs> no one. Because it's an Unsolved Mystery. Uh, yeah. But they never you know, the not to. having a narrator either, there was something about, uh, you know, just the timber of Robert Stack's voice as narrating the episodes yep. that went to, like, yeah. the gravity and seriousness of it. 
Um, so I feel like that's the calling card of the Unsolved Mysteries brand. So I feel yeah. that for them to not using a narrator, um, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. And again, if it's going to look like any other fucking, yeah. you know, there's a thousand true crime documentaries of, you know, they were mm-hmm. one of the first. Um, but, you know, uh, to see an hour episode covering one case uh, in a documentary style, I mean, like I said, I'm going to check it out. Um, and hopefully it will, you know, since my expectations are now low, hopefully it will exceed my expectations. Well, the problem, too, is like, whereas back then, you know, that show was was different and it was, you know, not something that you you saw regularly. Um, you know, even though it came out at a time where we had things like, uh, you know, the uh, I, I can't even think of the fucking right things, cops and shit like that coming out. Uh, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, yeah America's, America's Most Wanted. Wanted. That was the other one I was thinking. Um, you know, you have things like the ID channel now. Um, Lifetime puts shit out all the time with that kind of stuff. But So I think, you know, maybe going without the hosts is just to try to differentiate them from those kind of channels because, you know, you got every single one of those on the ID channel all narrated by various people. So maybe they're just trying to go for something different. Yeah. And I like the, the Dean said, I'll check it out myself. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, the old episodes are on various streaming services. You can still watch it on Pluto. Pluto has an old uh, network just dedicated to Robert Stack. Tubi has a Pluto season Nash. one hosted by Robert Stack. Yeah, Pluto TV. So that's uh, up I there. I think Roku also has all them. of the seasons of Unsolved Mysteries are on Amazon Prime. I'm, I'm, I'm checking well, right now, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. But you okay. can get them for uh, free on Pluto. <laughs> yeah. No, all the episodes are up there. I, I watch it daily. I'm checking out the books. Free. Hell yeah, because I am poor. I pay child support, damn it. And actually, you can see them on, on Amazon if you were interested in, in watching them. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Dean, unless you have anything else, I wanted to get into the movie for tonight, which is The Hunt. Uh, by I Google. do. I just, uh, you know, because we've talked about it so much, I do quickly. I uh, just want to talk about uh, Quibi. So, okay. Uh, uh, I I got a notification that uh, my free 90-day uh, trial is ending in 14 days. And Did you weep? Uh, like I had said last time, no, I didn't weep. But uh, like I had said uh, last time we talked about this, I have not watched one minute of any Quibi programming. So, uh, you know, I decided, I decided, you know what, I have this 90 day trial and, you know, like I'm finally, like my work year is over finally. And I have some time. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to check something out here. So I watched, uh, all four stories that are currently up from Sam Raimi's, uh, 50 States of Fright. And I have to say that it was absolutely fucking delightful. I so thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm going to maybe even say that I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the Cristo series on Shudder. Uh, they wow. were just so much fun. Uh, so the first story called, I think it's called like the Golden Arm or something like that, uh, was three episodes. I think one episode was six minutes, part, the second episode was seven, and then like the third one was six. Like they're, like the stories themselves are really like short episodes. Uh, the second, so that one took whatever state, that was like Minnesota or something, and there was one for uh, Florida, and maybe one for Wisconsin, and uh, and one for Illinois, maybe. Um, it was I. It was so enjoyable. 
and if you're a fan of Raimi and they're still offering the trial, like I, I couldn't suggest more to check it out. Like I'm, I'm not even blowing smoke. It, they were so much fun, and they were, if they were suspenseful, and there was some good gore, and the stories were engaging, and uh, and they truly were for for quick, Quibi to stand for quick bites. They were, they, they were like these super quick bites of entertainment. Now I have not looked at any of their other programming. I don't, based on the not success of Quibi thus far, I have no idea if they're even going to put more episodes of the 50 States of Fright. Uh, but I would check out the free trial just to see that. And they promise you that they will alert you when your trial is coming up so you don't end up uh, having to pay if you don't want to. But I, I, watched, I watched them all. I watched all four stories all in a row yesterday because I couldn't stop watching it. I really, really enjoyed it. I think that you guys would all dig it also. They were really fun stories. Cool. All right, cool. All right. I'm just about to get in the free trial. All right. So, uh, Ghoul, tonight it is your pick, The Hunt in 2020. Directed by Craig Zobel, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about the hunts. Oh, I watched something called Mike Hunt. Um, I mm, I too. My bad. <laughs> totally have to go there, of course. Yeah, juvenile humor. That's what, what I do best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, man, this is uh, 20, well, yeah, I guess originally supposed to be released in 2019, but got pushed off till 2020. Um, the Hunt. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, listen, man, it's the movie that was supposed to be in theaters, got put off because of some shootings, was supposed to be in theaters, then people complained that it was fucking, you know, controversial, controversial because of the, the people that are in the quote-unquote hunt, um, so yes, the hunt, there you go, people shoot people, while hunting people. It's a great way to describe that movie. That's okay. It's fucking nice job, cool. <laughs> Thank you. It was eloquent because I'm an aristocrat. AMZ <laughs> A-list, bitch. <laughs> so what did you think of it, Ghoul? Of people shooting well, people? I, uh, I thought that, wow, I mean, listen, you know, putting the whole controversy and all that shit aside, you know, uh, uh, we spoke our opinions of that kind of thing so many times while all of this shit was going down. Um, yep. You know, I personally felt the movie should have just come out when it was supposed to come out. Pulling it in September of 2019 because of the shootings that went on, that I understand. Uh, pulling it, just trying to say that, hey, well, you know, they're killing Republicans or, or, or whatever they wanted to go with on it. Um, that, I think, is one part publicity one part whiny fucking people like we talked about earlier tonight. Um, you know, the ones that come out of the fucking woodwork blinking. Blink, blink. Um, so, yeah. What did I think? I think it was fun. Um, could it have been more fun? Yes. Could it have been absolutely horrible? Yes. So this found that, like, nice middle where I enjoyed it, but I, I'll listen. I could have obviously enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Dean, what did you think about the hunts? This, this movie, this right, this, this is what all the fucking uproar is about. This is this is what the fucking president of the United States. This is the film that the president of the United States was speaking out against. This is the film that had everybody fucking uh, in a fucking uproar that it was coming out so much so that the fucking studios caved to fucking pressure and pulled it. This I couldn't fucking like look. Sure, yeah, there's some talk, oh, there's fucking elites and there's fucking deplorables and, you know, who's fucking hunting who and whatever. But, like, I was dumbfounded 
uh, based on the content of this film. Because this is one of those cases where people hear about it and then just start fucking spouting off and have no idea what they're talking about because they haven't even seen the fucking movie. Uh, I, and based on all of that, I was expecting like like I was expecting so much more in the kind of in the way of social commentary like that would you know in the way of um, you know slagging on you know the uneducated uh, you know deplorables Trump voters whatever I was expecting like a whole bigger groundswell of that inside the film of uh, looking at that part of our population in the United States of which there was so very little and as far as the violence and the shooting like I get maybe postponing it a little bit because there was so much gun violence happening in the United States at the time but like two particular well, this was not this was no more fucking violent than any, than any violent uh, you know, violent action movie with guns, sure, that maybe there was a little bit more splatter or whatnot, but like this, this is what all the fucking uproar was about. And look, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. I didn't think it was groundbreaking. I didn't love it, but I thought it was a fucking entertaining, you know, action thriller, maybe Shades of Horror, and I, I thought some of the kills were very comical, and some of them made me laugh and oh, everything, yeah. but I, all I kept thinking, really... And I watched it yesterday. Excuse me. I had to split it between yesterday and today. And all I was thinking of when I was watching it really was like this. This is what this is what there was an uproar about. I I couldn't believe the uproar versus the reality of what this film was. And yeah, I mean it was fun. It was a fun ride. I, I enjoyed it. To, to make this more fun, okay? <laughs> this is the exact tweet by you know Herr Herr Trump. Fjorder. Liberal Hollywood is racist at the highest level and with great anger and hate. They like to call themselves elite, but they are not elite. In fact, it is often the people that they so strongly oppose that are actually the elite. The movie coming out is made in order to inflame and cause chaos. They create their own violence and then try to blame others. They are the true racists and are very bad for our country. So yes, for this no movie. idea with that. There's yeah. there's nothing about that statement that's related <laughs> to this film in any way. Nope. No. Okay. Uh, now the word elite. Yeah. The word elite. I think okay. might be uttered once. Now. Now everything that just cons- that just went on here, like spewing from the ghoul's mouth and you know coming out of the dean's mouth. All right. Of all of this hype about this movie and everyone getting so worked up. Is exactly what makes this movie awesome because that's exactly what this movie addresses, and it's like, you know, it it was a, it wasn't a thing, then it became a thing, so then we made it a real fucking thing, and I fucking love it. It was a fucking fun ride because it's like all of this is exactly what we're talking about, and like it's just so awesome that. Everything they put in this movie is actually happened because they took the fucking bait. You know, the the, the right took the bait and ran with it, and ju- just yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the movie because not only did it do that, but it did a good job of taking on the left as well. This is my third time watching the movie now. Okay, and I had a great time because they did a great job of picking on both sides, and. If anyone that had written any of, the, of that shit had actually watched the movie, maybe they would have taken it back. But again, no, they took the information they wanted, spewed it, twisted, 
twisted it, and then threw it back out into the universe to see who would gobble it up and put it on their podcast. You know, and that's exactly what this movie is about. If I can add, though, Justin, again, you know me, I like to play devil's advocate every now and again. Just to add that, yes, even though their comments are based on them not seeing the movie, that's not because of their own fault. They're commenting based on the trailers and the news reports or whatever kind of entertainment reports were going on telling people what this movie was. You know, Trump's tweet was in uh, was in July of 2019. The movie wasn't slated when the trailer to be released first until... dropped. Exactly. So the film wasn't slated to be released until September. But the Dayton shooting in August and the the, the El Paso shooting also in August. I believe they were like one right after the other, to literally uh, yeah. a day apart. Um, they that's what caused the initial delay. Not Trump's tweet, none of that crap. You know, they can say what they want. I think it was just it was more of a tasteful thing of saying, hey, let us not put this violin out. You know, now listen, on the opposite end of the spectrum, guess who capitalized on that? The Joker film. It was like, hey, come on, you know, we've got mentally ill people killing people. Well, we've got a mentally ill guy for you guys to watch. Come take a look at this shit. And that works. So, yeah, I, I don't know if the hunts would have been better off coming out. All right, King, what did you think of this movie, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep it short because I want to get into what happens in the movie. But, yeah, I really do enjoy it. Um, I definitely think that it's a product of not seeing it first and then getting on that reaction like we've all talked about. Because uh, when I first heard about the hunt, I heard about it as a group of people hunt down MAGA supporters. That was all I heard about it. I was like, okay, that's yeah. fucking pretty badass. So I was like, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But that was it. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't see anything about it other than Trump saying it without actually saying the word, the hunt, in his tweets, you know, about how this movie needs to be fucking removed. This is violent and everything like that. But when you see the final product, it's fucking amazing because it's saying both sides are fucking shitty fucking people. Yeah. (laughs) That's all there is. The left and the right are both fucking incredibly comical monsters. And watching what happens in the movie, I love the fact that it's skewered both. It wasn't, you know, a left movie. It wasn't a right movie. It was right down the middle saying both of you sides, you're fucking both incredible fucking monsters. And that's what I, I, I found myself laughing at it. I just, I, I love the way it was presented. And plus, having Glenn Howerton play Richard, one of the elite left, amazing. Because he plays such a great fucking asshole. <laughs> From It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to this movie, it's like, he's perfect. Like, if you need an asshole, you get Glenn Howerton. Because he could play perfectly. Especially on the plane. <laughs> When he's talking about the champagne, <laughs> and you know, and yeah, you get right off the bat, prestige champagne, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know he's tired of ha- he's tired of having caviar. You know, can he possibly have a Mediterranean salad? You know, he he wants something fresh. He wants something fruity. And it's like uh, he wants airplane <laughs> something something Mediterranean. Like I don't know, is <laughs> caviar like kind of considered Mediterranean, or is that just French? Mm-hmm. But he's tired of French caviar. That's what he is saying. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess in some French cuisine it's considered a delicacy, but caviar actually, uh, you know, comes from all over the place. Um, you know, it is considered to be like a highbrow, uh, you know, delicacy. I don't know what caviar is. <laughs> we need some <laughs> fucking origin story. I need the caviar origin story, okay? <laughs> But it's all the fact that it takes place through text. You know, it's like, let, let's do this. The, the fucking hunt's on this weekend. Hell yeah, Viva Will Matter. i got to delete this fucking thread right away. 
<laughs> nobody needs oh, to see shit. what this we, thread's all about. We said we weren't going to talk about this. Come on, fuckers. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have on the plane when one of the guys wakes up early and he's like, what the fuck? Where am I? Where am I? They're like, oh, we got to settle him down. We got to just calm him down. <laughs> he woke up a little bit too early and let's just, just handle it. Uh, just cutting in there because yeah. I've got the origin story. Okay, so caviar is indeed Mediterranean. Okay, because caviar and sturgeon from the Sea of Azov began reaching the tables of aristocratic and noble Byzantine Greeks in the 10th century after commencement of large-scale trading between the Byzantine Empire and Kievan Rus. Oh, so maybe it's not. Maybe it's from Russia? Sea of Azov, wherever the hell that is. Yeah, that's like the okay. Okay. I take it back. That's from the Black originally, Sea. It's not Mediterranean. Okay, but there's okay, also some get, well... Okay. There's some well-thought-of caviar, paddlefish caviar, that comes from the Mississippi River and waters in Tennessee and Illinois as well. Which they were not sure, serving on the plane. So hold on. All right. They, they were, were, they were century, serving champagne they were on the plane, from the though. Mississippi fucking river. <laughs> yeah, but that I was, this wasn't I was a caviar podcast. about the origin story. <laughs> okay. This isn't a caviar right. podcast. <laughs> okay. So well, maybe back to the plane. All right. So, so shit was getting all fucked if up. If you on ever the get plane, a chance to try you know, paddlefish we, caviar, it's actually <clears throat> quite delicious, and it's not as expensive okay. as some of the other ones from other places in the world. Go ahead, Mike. Which Bubba? Which Thank Bubba you. didn't have while he while he was waking up on the plane and wandering around, you know, trying to figure out where the fuck he was, and they try to calm him down. The doc is trying to get him soothed down on the floor, and then the doc fucking sits there and just stabs a knife right. I mean, a pen right in his. Fucking neck, you know, it's just straight off the bat, sprawl, 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 all over the screen, all over the plane, all over the stewardess. Sorry, flight attendant, not stewardess. Look at her IMDb credits. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so straight off the bat, you know, it just gets you right into the action and just let you know the gore is going to be there later. And then you have the faceless woman coming in that. and. Uh... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the 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 faceless woman coming and taking charge of the situation by grabbing one of her high heels and then digging out Bubba's eye and then throwing him in the back with the other people that are sleeping because you know you can't deal with this on the plane. We got to get to our location. Um, this opening sequence though in the field, when everybody wakes up, it was the perfect kind of psycho situation from 1960. It was like Scream, the opening of Scream where you have Emma Roberts waking up uh, with, with, you know, the, the shit in her mouth. And they have all these people waking up and going, where the fuck are we? We've got to figure this out. There's a huge box in the field. We've got to figure out what's in it. There's a pig in the fucking box. But there's also a gigantic fucking plethora of weapons. Everybody fucking take a weapon because we have to defend ourselves. But that's when the fucking fun starts because everybody starts fucking dying. Emma Roberts is immediately fucking taken out. I was like, thank you. I don't like her, so I'm glad she gets taken out. But everybody oh, starts man. dying almost at once. I fucking loved it. Again, it was like a psycho moment where you think these guys are going to survive and they get fucking blown up or they get shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. because as, as soon as um, Yoga Pants, that's her name, you know, comes up and stuff like that, Lainey was like, the diva was like, man, I hope she doesn't last long. You know, <laughs> three seconds later, kaboom. And Lainey was like, thank you. <laughs> See, and well, not even the girl that the uh, extent of the, of the film. I mean, I knew obviously Emma Roberts isn't the lead actress because she's not the the person that's on the cover, um, mm-hmm. or on the trailer, uh, on the posters or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of figured, you know, I see her running, 
And I'm like, okay, she must be in this for at least some length of time. Uh, I think the goo girl felt the same about it because, you know, all of a sudden when her fucking brains were all over the place, she was like, oh, well, that sucked. You know, because I think she actually was, was looking forward to seeing a little bit of Emma Roberts. She's at least easy on the ice. And then even, right. you know, the, the guy that uh, rescues the girl from the pit. You know, she's like, it's my birthday. You know, I want to celebrate. He's like, okay, come on. We're going we're gonna to celebrate your birthday. Let's get out of here. And then he immediately steps on a landmine, and they're both blown to fucking pieces. Both the girl's blown in half and then falls back into the pit. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, okay, pitching, this is fun. Pitching the lower half of her body, too, which was, which was fun. You know, the, the, the comedy but, um, level was, uh, was something that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. then when um the 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 um other dad from Blockers shows up, and I was like, okay, like Darnold, I'm yeah. gonna get, yeah, I'm gonna get you out of the pit, and she's like, no, just fucking shoot me, and uh, <laughs> no, I can't shoot you, and then she just goes, shoot no, and then me, she, no, but then she yells at him, what are you fucking, yeah, and then she shoots herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. again, you feel like, okay, Ike Barinholtz, he's a known comedic actor. He's going to be the lead now. We're following him with the two others, Vanilla Nice and Big Red, you know, as they go to the gas station. And are like, okay, this is going to be Ike Barinholtz's movie now. He's going to be the guy that we're going to follow as they go and, to this gas station to call yeah. for help. And, yeah, and you know yeah, what? He's cool. one of those, like, comedic actors where you, you know his face. He's like the poor man's Mark Wahlberg. Um, like whenever I see him for like a split second, like the Patriots Day right now is currently on Netflix, right? And if you have your Netflix sitting long enough and they start going through their whole screensavers thing, Patriots Day comes up and there's Mark Wahlberg's face there with it, right? But he's at like this weird side angle. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, is that the guy from, from that movie, from Blockers and from, from The Hunt? But no, it's it's Mark Wahlberg. Um but at the same time, too, he's one of those that it's he's like a known quantity that you know what you're going to get with him. But he's also good enough of an actor to actually end up holding. If not, you know, it's, he's never the lead, but he's always like the, right. the, the B team lead, he's you know, he's important enough in the film to like be there for the length of it. He can definitely mm-hmm. carry what he needs to carry. You know, definitely not the lead, but, you know, like you said, be able to be that good supporting actor that you need. And I felt like that was what he was doing in this, in this particular sequence when he gets to the, the gas station. And they burst in, and, of course, you have Ma and Pa. You know, they're like, let's take all the money. I, I don't want all the money. I just need to call for help. And then that's when they realize, oh, shit, this is fucking Mannergate, everybody. Mannergate, that conspiracy. We're here. We're going to be fucking killed. We're going to be hunted. That was the whole thing, right? I do, I do want to say in the sequence, too, uh, when it got into here, when we had, you know, Ma and Pa with their gas station, uh, I was so happy. I had no idea. Like, I didn't know any of the cast. Uh, I, I, not maybe I didn't know the cast, yeah. but, like, when I, when I started the film, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know who was in the movie. Obviously, I know when it's playing, I'm like, oh, I know these people, but I didn't know going in who the stars were. Yeah. Right. And to, granted, so you didn't know very going small... in who they were. What's that? So you didn't know going in who they were? No. Okay. Right. Okay. So carry on. So anyway, uh, I was so, I, I, I'm sure that she's been in tons of things that I haven't seen, but I was so happy to see Amy Madigan because uh, she was in several films uh, of, that I love very much back the in the 1980s. Um, Fields of Dreams. 
that I, I feel yeah. like it's been so long since I've seen her. But yes, yeah, she was in Field of Dreams. Um, she was McCoy in uh, one of my favorite Walter Hill movies, Streets of Fire. And mm-hmm. uh, not only that, she actually she had the lead. Uh, there was an action movie sometime in the late 80s. Uh, it was either called Nowhere to Hide or Nowhere to Run. One of them starred Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Amy Madigan starred in the other one. Nowhere to Hide, Nowhere to Run. I can't remember who was in which one. But I'm she pretty had sure Nowhere to Run is the Van Damme movie. Yeah. All right. So, so, so going along with that, so then she was in a she was the act she was the lead in a in a film in the late eighties called uh, Nowhere to Hide, that was a pretty kind of badass action flick. Uh, for the late '80s, and uh, she played the the lead. Um, so uh, it was. I was just so happy to see Amy Madigan. It's been so long since I've seen her. Anymore. Cool, and, Dean. And I, I just love I just, that they had this gas station in beautiful mm-hmm. Arkansas. <laughs> You're in Arkansas. Fuck Arkansas. <laughs> you know they talk about like, where they're oh, from. We're, we're in fucking Arkansas. You know, all the Republicans are like, of all the places in the world, we're fucking Arkansas. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. King, as you as and you were. <laughs> as it happens, you have Big Red eating a couple of the, the donuts, and then they find out that it's been poisoned, and that's when Ma and Pa get real fucking badass and decide to unleash the fucking gas. <laughs> and they put on their masks and unleash the gas. You know, they end up killing uh, Ike Barinholtz's character, which, again, I didn't see coming, but the fucking shotgun blast in the chest. And they quickly unleash the gas, which takes care of vanilla nice. Um, but once the the gas is taken out by the the fan, I just I love this exchange with them when they're putting the bodies in the back of the shop. And you're know, talking about <laughs> black people. He's like, I think it's okay that we call them black people now. And she's like, That's not right. You can't call them that. Where'd you hear that? NPR. And what is NPR hosted by? White people. Yeah, yeah, we're just all fucking terrible people. Like, I just, I love that line. White people are just terrible. <laughs> you know? And then and when he gets the soda and he starts drinking it, and she's like, don't drink that. And he's like, it's poison? Well, do you know how many fucking calories all the sugar and chemicals are in that? Jesus. <laughs> and this is where we start to see where they're making fun of both sides. Because, again, yep. the left are trying to be so PC, you know, with all their NPR shit about, okay, we're supposed to call them African-Americans. We're not supposed to call them black. You know, <laughs> you know, yes, global warming is real, bitch. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and they're doing yeah. that. But, but this threw me off that they took, you know, that they're dropping people so quick out of the hunt. You know, it's really throwing me off how quick yeah. they're knocking everyone off. There's 11 people, you know, total. And then they have to do a tally of how many people are left, you know, especially when Don shows up towards, you know, the, the other scenes. But uh, this is where we get introduced to Crystal, who shows up at the gas station. She has no weapons, as Mom Pa been told. You know, just take care of her real quick. And when she walks in, you know, she asks where she is. And they're like, well, you don't even know where you are? And she's like, well, just, no, I don't. Well, you're in Arkansas. All right, give me a pack of cigarettes. And she takes the money out of her shoe and hands it to them and wants to the hands and change back. <laughs> when Crystal jumps into fucking karate action, taking out Ma and Pa. Cigarettes are only $10, bitch. <laughs> you fucked up, bitch. Cigarettes are only six bucks a pack in Arkansas. And she just sits there and just kills them both. Just cut y'all, cut y'all. <laughs> And she's so pissed and then off. And she opens the cigarettes. Up the pack, 
Yeah, it's just like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love Betty Gilpin. And she's such a great actress. I love her ever since Glow. <laughs> and in this movie with her fucking weird fucking mm-hmm. facial reactions and everything and her Mississippi <sighs> accent. Uh, it's so good to follow in this yeah. movie. And man, this actress, seriously, I don't know how she looked in Glow, but it's like the, the entire time, like, I was thinking the ghoul must be enjoying our main actress because, like, she struck me as a major butterface in this movie. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, from the neck down, she's fucking smoking, man. <laughs> not she's my pretty. type. Way, I have no problem. Way too much of an Uma Thurman looking girl. Definitely yes. not my type. That's what, uh, you know, the, for, for all intents and purposes, yeah, like I watched, uh, I think I watched the majority of the first season of Glow. I didn't, I didn't ever finish it, and I never went back for, uh, it's for, great. for it's season great. two. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, what I did see, I was enjoying. It's just one of those, like, I, I stopped for whatever, to turn in for the night, and for whatever reason, I've just, you know, every time I'm looking around, you know, like I said, like I always say, you know, I've got a thousand and one things that I fucking haven't watched, so what am I going to put on, you know, something I've seen fucking a hundred times already. Um, <laughs> let's watch Endgame again. Uh, but, yeah, you know, throughout the entire film, all I kept thinking while watching her was uh, was Uma Thurman from the Tarantino films and shit. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah. And once she's killed Mon Pa, she goes outside and starts to realize that things are amiss even at the gas station. The license plate falls off, and it's got this weird flag and a bunch of different numbers that's clearly not Arkansas. And there's C4 in the truck. So she's like, well, I'm going to hide out and because that drone was destroyed. And who do we get to meet? But well, we get to meet Gary, played by Ethan Suffley, <laughs> the conspiracy Lord theorist Willem. podcaster. <laughs> you goddamn bastard. It's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. <laughs> Scooter is a sailboat, stupid head. Serious, you know what? It's the real. <laughs> yeah. That's why that is, that that's why he shot the drone. He was pissed off because he couldn't see the sailboat. <laughs> yeah. No, we found but out. I love his that character. He does see the sailboat eventually. He, he does, yeah. And Morass, I did say he sees it, but um, I love Gary just because he reminded me so much of Alex Jones. Because mm-hmm. it hit all his conspiracies, and that's what they're doing. That's what they want you to believe, especially when they jump on the train and they meet all the people. And he's like, they're crisis <laughs> actors. You can't believe any of them. They're all crisis actors. They're all fake. Like, we but can't trust any of these fuckers. She has a <laughs> they baby. They could be baby crisis actors. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about it on my podcast. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and and then when the train stops... <laughs> and they're let off the train. I just I I love that when the one guy gets off and after they talk to the guard, the guy's like, Gary, I just need you to fucking calm the fuck down, all right? Just relax. <laughs> I was right. I was right. He's fake. He's fake. Yeah. All right, Gary, I, just shut the fuck up. I, I loved it when he took the over and was like, I don't think they believe you, Gary. Yep. That was fucking classic. That was funny. You know, for a split second, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, wow, man, okay. So so they have these fucking people, whatever country they're in, they must, I'm thinking, oh, they must be Syrian refugees, this and that. Like, where are they going? I'm still busy trying to figure out where they might be. Um, you know, I, I should have uh-huh. recognized, I should have recognized the license plate. Because um, I, uh, I had a close yeah, with friend the flag on it, yeah. who had a, a blue baby. Um who uh, was Croatian, and I'd seen that flag plenty of times, man. And you know what? I should have, uh, I should have known, but I didn't know. 
So, so much apologies for <laughs> that and for free and for freezing your child. Um, but that being said, you know, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this character. I enjoyed the things that they were doing here with it. And like I said, I, I've been enjoying the comedy for it. Though I am, you know, again at this point, I'm like, great. You know, this is going to be what the what the, the course of the movie shall be. And yeah. it's just a right, fun sequence, but, especially uh, when. Uh, the crisis actor tells him, I'll give you a head start. I'll give you a head start to get out of here now. Just <laughs> calm the fuck down. And instead, Gary grabs him, finds a grenade, and shoves it down the front of his pants. And he's like, oh, God, oh, shit, oh, God, oh, God, oh, shit, oh, God. <laughs> you know, trying to get this fucking grenade out of his pants until he explodes. It was great. Because Gary doesn't want any of this, he's out of there. <laughs> See you guys later. Right. <laughs> but but behind all that comedy, though, is you have the, the real-life thing going on of when you sit there and watch the pan crisis of actors. the camp, yeah, not the crisis actors, the the real refugees, okay, and just you see the panning of this refugee camp, and when you look in the background, there's this huge fucking wall in the back background. There's like this fucking fifty foot wall with guards on the top and shit like that, and it's just it's showing you the you know the, the reality of shit for going. Yeah, <laughs> no, they got they got the other country to pay for it, um, but it's just again this huge fucking wall, and they're actually showing you just how bad the situation is in real life. Yeah, while all this funny shit is going on, right, and that's when Crystal is taken to the two people in the 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 refugee camp that could talk English, so they could talk to her, and you know they want to find the truth, and she's like, I was just fucking brought here. I don't know where the fuck I am. He's like, well, where do you think you are? She's like, well, judging from everything I've seen, Russia? I don't know, Croatia? And the entire time the guy's eating fucking red beet eggs. He's just yeah. fucking down yeah. in these fucking eggs, which I just thought was hilarious. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you sound a lot like Don. She's like, yeah, I guess. I'm like, Don. Bring in Don. And it's the fucking old guy with the airborne hat. And he's like, hey, everybody. <laughs> and she's like, yep, I was hunted like Don. <laughs> <laughs> And they get the fucking slop in the plates to eat. And he's like, give me some more. Give me some more, man. <laughs> we're going to get out of here. It's going to be fine. I don't know why we're being haunted, but we're going to be okay. You know, the American embassy is going to come and take us out of here. It's going to be great. And again, as a veteran, you know, he, you know, you figured he might have gone through the shit. Judging from his age, it would have been Vietnam. Um he mm-hmm. might have been in a, a similar situation already. So as far as he's concerned, you know, this this may be something that you get to breeze through. Yeah, because he's well, confident. Well, and, of course, Chris was playing the I'm not so sure aspect yeah. of it, especially when they get picked up by the guy from the American Embassy. He was played by Macon Blair, of all people. I was so happy to see him in this movie. He was in Blue Ruin, which yeah. is a great movie that I like. And he's also going to be the writer and director Ruin of the upcoming Toxic Avenger reboot. What's that, Dean? I'm sorry. What, what did Blue you Ruin is really good. Yeah, fantastic. What what did you say, King, about uh, Reboot? He's going to be the writer and director of the Toxic Avenger Reboot. That's going to be coming out. Oh, so, okay. Is he making Blair in this movie? I was like, that's fucking cool. You know, but playing this American embassy guy who's driving them away to the quote-unquote embassy, and he starts to ask him questions about, you know, well, why are you here? Why do you think you're here? Did you guys do anything wrong? No, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you know, 
<laughs> and I love Crystal in the passenger seat, and she just starts going, <laughs> lifting up her fucking feet so she can knock him out of the car. And Don's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You, what are you doing? You just knocked that guy out of the car. She's like, don't worry about this, Don. <laughs> and then just backs over the American Embassy guy's head. I wish they had yeah, shown it rather than off screen, but... Exactly what I was just going to say. Based on what we had seen so far, I feel like it was a miss. Not necessarily to yeah. show the wheel going over the skull, but they could have been like camera on the road and seen some splatter splash on the car yeah. and stuff based on how much spray and splatter we had seen already. I also, too, thought that was a missed opportunity there. It yeah, was. agreed. You know, and... That may but be one of those, weird... you know what, though? That's one of those fine lines, man. You know, you look at, like, uh, again, remember, the original Toxic Avenger had the car running over the head scene removed from the it. kid's head. The kid's mm-hmm. head popping because of how fucking, you know, gnarly that was at the time. So that's like one of those where if you go that way, like as much as we've seen splatter, we watched, you know, Emma Roberts' fucking head blow up on screen. Um, it's almost like that weird taking it that one step too far that honestly might take a movie like this from an R to an NC-17. You know, they may have to uh, and really smack you with something like that for that kind of scene. Yeah, yeah interesting choice. But then you find out right. what happened to Gary because he's in the trunk with a knife yeah. in his fucking forehead. The poor fucking Gary. <laughs> he didn't make it very far. Nope. <laughs> you know. Don is just the gas of this, and then that's when you get this moment yeah. of Crystal telling him the story of the box turtle and the jacket rabbit. But it's the tortoise and the hare, except in this version, when the jacket rabbit loses, he goes to the box turtle's house, kills the, the box turtle's wife and kid in front of him, and then kills the box turtle, then eats the food that he had put out every last fucking bite. Like so, the yeah. jackrabbit always wins. Your mama told you that story? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the director said that they sit there and put that spin on it because they wanted to sit there and emphasize that the original fable was, you know, you just work hard and, you know, keep your pace and you eventually get to your goals. But right. the director wanted to sit there and put it out there also. If you sit, succeed by working hard versus other people that – slack off, and then afterwards you point your finger at them going, hey, hey, I beat you. You gotta understand, sometimes that person won't like it, and they're gonna bite that fucking finger off of you. And, mm-hmm. you know, not every, and not everyone is gonna let a success that you got over them just let it slide. And that every person takes it different, and you, that you need to understand that, that sometimes success comes with a price. It's a great analogy, a great adage, you know, especially for this movie. Um, after they well, get also, back on the road. I also think it demonstrates the idea of the common man versus the wealthy privilege. Yeah. You know, there are the people that are born with money. Chances are they're always going to have money. You know, the, when you're a kid that's born into, like, some kind of wealthy oil conglomerate or some shit like that, or look at, you know, again, our president's children. You know, they're born into yeah. multi-million-dollar fucking lifestyles. They're born with fucking things that they're going to get to see and do that the majority of people in this world don't get to do for their entire fucking lives. So the idea is that you're yeah. going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to fucking succeed. You're going to fucking win. 
No, chances are those motherfuckers are going to still steamroll over you no matter what. Without even fighting, they're not even going to see you. They're going to run you over, and it don't fucking matter to them. You were just simply a bump if you were that fucking lucky. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a pig. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a pig. <laughs> have a pig and guess what eat. they found on the side of the road? <laughs> the pig in a shirt. A pig, <laughs> they found a pig in a shirt. And they've come so up with the plan yeah. because co- conveniently lined in the trunk were all of the maps to <laughs> the layout of the yeah. manor house. Yeah, including the bunker where they go back to that we saw at the start of the movie. And that's where they're going to, uh, Crystal's going to enact her revenge on the liberal elites that are in the bunker mm. talking to each other about the hunt and how it's going. We also get introduced to Sergeant Dale, who is just, <laughs> he's just a consultant. He's just a consultant, and he's just going to consult them on what to do. It's fine. <laughs> and we have Richard, played by Glenn Howerton, going out to take a piss, and he gets taken up by Crystal. And then that's what leads Crystal to go down to the bunker and take care of fucking business. Taking out all these people like a fucking Rambo style, just taking out all these people in this bunker. Oh, the entire fight scene was fucking badass, no doubt, man. Um, like, it was a kick-ass fight scene. I was just digging her moves. You know, just the slides that she was doing on the floor, um, the flips and shit, and just taking one person out after the other. Um, I hope I wasn't the only one having fun with this, of just her sitting there, oh, you know, kind of yeah, talking shit great. the entire time. Um, <laughs> but what I found what was so great is that after she's taken out everybody, she's injured Sergeant Dale. He's not dead. But then you hear over the radio, Don, did you kill her? Don, did you take her out? <laughs> And that's what Chris was like, what the fuck, man? And he's like, I didn't do anything like that. I don't even know who that is. Really? Put the fucking gun down, Don. I'm not a part of this. Don, just take her out, Don. Just kill her. And Crystal ends up taking out Don. But it's such a great moment because you don't know if she's lying, this person on the radio. For all you know, she doesn't know who fucking Don is other than he's a fucking, you know, right winger. It's, just, it's such a great moment. He played, right. She played right into Crystal's mind. You can't trust anybody. Yeah, and then we get cut to a flashback. Um, and th- with this flashback, we don't know for real if Athena was fucking with everyone or not because in this flashback, we do not see Dawn. So therefore, we do not no. know if Dawn was actually part of the group. We don't no, know. No, I think she played her. I think she played her. Like, it was totally a play. Oh, okay. Like, it was just. <clears throat> just to take out an extra person. I think it was a total play on Athena's mm-hmm. part to mess with Crystal and make her think that Don was a part of it because you don't see him in the flashbacks. You know, after the texts have gone through mm-hmm. and everybody's getting fired and the reputations are being destroyed because of this oh, text he, he viral. He was definitely fucked over. She fucked him. She fucked yeah. him hard. Yep. She did that specifically <clears throat> to wipe out at least one other person that could possibly, you know, have any kind of Getting back against them because it's unexpected. They were not right. expecting okay. anybody to fight mm. back, you know, or at least not okay. to this degree. Well, Don wasn't really putting up a fight at all, but okay. No, he, um, was, a, a pac- yeah. he was a pacifist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, now, yeah. When we get to this, now when we get to this flashback, okay, this is something that's irritating the fuck out of me, okay, and I just want to sit there and put it out with you guys, see if maybe you guys thought of something that I couldn't, okay? Why are you because so we have. 
<laughs> let me get to it because we're we're running out of time, okay? And I just want to cover this, okay? Is when we get to the reveal of Cena and her whole thing, why do we have this slow fucking reveal of it finally becoming Hillary Swank? I don't like, know. Yeah, that bothered me too. Yeah. It's like, wh- why yeah. the fuck? It's like, you know, was it supposed to be like, oh my God, Hillary <laughs> Swank? You know, it's like, <laughs> no. it would have been different. She's on the different. It was like, it would have been different if it was like fucking Is Wonder she, Woman, you know, fucking Donna Carter. She's the next karate kid. Her name's on the poster. Hillary Swank her and name, Betty Gilpin. Okay, yes, her name I feel, but see, again, like, one, she's not in the trailer, obviously. Uh, two, no. you know, like, it's on the poster. That's not in my mind, you know what I mean? And when I, when, most of the time when I pick a movie, like, I might read the synopsis real quick, but fucking, you know, I try to skip certain little things. I had no idea she was in the movie, so it was a surprise. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was like, woo, yeah, motherfucker, Hillary <laughs> Swank, whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, because no, when, when it got to it was like, hey, I was like, Swank. fuck, it's Hillary Swank. Academy Award <laughs> Hillary Swank in this little movie. You know, <laughs> the girl does have an Oscar. So we can give her a little bit of props. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with uh, the monkey. I thought it was a little bit silly to kind of show the back of her head throughout the entire movie. Then you get that final reveal when she's being let go from her job because of the Manor Gate texts. And she decides, yeah. I'm going to use the manor that I bought, and I'm actually going to fucking do this. We're actually going to fucking take people. <laughs> That are fucking liberals that want to make fun of us, and we're actually going to round them all up <laughs> when they're going through the pictures, and they find the one African American, and he's like, "Oh no, dude, no, no!" And he's like, "Listen, <laughs> hear me out. We have to have at least one person of color because it has to make sense." And they're like, "Fine, yeah. okay." <laughs> Why the word token wasn't used, I don't know. You know, like that, that was like the first time that you bring that word into play because. That's not what – because, again, this is them picking on the, the left about trying to be so PC. They wouldn't use the word token. They would but say that is a word have, that they you know, would use, co- not realizing that that's an insensitive word. You know? Like they would, yeah. Like I, I, agree. Get, I get that they're giving you the extreme yeah. left, this and that, but, again, token, like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a token <laughs> African-American. Like, that's the kind of thing that they would use thinking that they're being smart by using that kind of terminology, you know, whereas that's pretty much fucking <laughs> just as offensive as dropping an M-bomb on them. <laughs> Even when you see Richard wearing the kimono and they say it's culturally insensitive, it's appropriation. He's like, what? It's a kimono. <laughs> I have to wear it. I'm unemployed. I'm enjoying my time in silk and drink and drugs. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I love Glenn Howard and so much. So I was enjoying it. But when she finally gets to the manor and she has her final confrontation with Hillary Swank as Athena, I love the fact that she's making grilled cheese. And she's like, I like to use Gruyere because it's just so creamy. And you got to use the right bread. He's not wrong. Cut tomatoes with anything but yeah, a fucking is. bread knife. Like what the? Yeah. Shut up. He's <laughs> not, not wrong, buddy. Yeah, it, it's some good fucking cheese, man. It really is. It's I had a it for the first time. Cheese no, dude, I literally had Gruyere for the first oh, time you, like a you, month you, ago. You're wrong. It's, 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 you, it's, you don't it's know. The, it's, yeah, it's so fucking good in quiches too. But yeah, anyway, yeah, she, she's moving on. Wrong. <laughs> the entire fucking they live fucking fight sequence is fucking amazing. <laughs> with Athena and Crystal. This elongated fight sequence throughout the house where they have okay, to fucking wait, take wait, a break. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, you, you, do ha- you, you do have to back up a quick second, King, because we have this long, long, elongated speech about how she has done so much research in the Crystal 
and she gives Crystal's entire life story, and then Crystal mm-hmm. goes, uh, you got the wrong person. <laughs> yep. he said, I even get me. her mail sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you well, yeah. Up. Get they, they play with two different things here, too, because, again, obviously the movie's making fun of both sides. One, they also play with the fact that it's possible that that entire thing about them hunting, that manor gate, was all a joke to begin with. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why they're actually doing this is because yeah. that joke caused all of them to lose what? their jobs. Um, so their entire lives got completely spun out of control. So as such, they decided, well, fuck it. If the world's going to believe that we did this anyway and we've lost everything, we might as well take everything right. that we still have and let's pour it into actually fucking doing it for real and putting these fucking what? people in their place. Um so yes, then you get the spin that maybe Crystal isn't the right Crystal. Um, she plays it coy here. We do get a full reveal of that at the end, though. Mm-hmm. Because you have this whole fight sequence. I, I love the fact that when Crystal's on top and she grabs the rope to go swing across, it fucking breaks. <laughs> and she falls yeah, to the ground. Yeah, she, yeah she, she tries to have this, you know, Errol Flynn moment, and it just goes crash. <laughs> but then... But then Athena pulls out gu- a gun, and she's like, you pulled out a gun? You cheating now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're going up to the glass door, she's like, don't put me through that glass door. It's glass. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Throw you across the room. <laughs> Use some weapons. The food processor blade gets brought into it. Chris has been stabbed with it a bunch of times. Of course, leading to Athena thinking she's got the upper hand. But, of course, Crystal comes back fighting and stabs her right in the <laughs> stomach with it. <laughs> So they're both on the ground now, potentially both dying. And the scene is like, tell me the truth. Are you the right crystal? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. So now, of course, what we're left with here, though, is having a backstory-less heroine. Um who, based Mm -hmm. on certain bits of information we get from her, could either be on either side here. You know, she she seems to have some kind Mm -hmm. of weapons and military-like training, but at the same time, too, she knew the Animal Farm reference and all of that stuff. So uh, it it was a clever way to play it. So amongst all the controversy and all the bullshit, the reality is this. The movie made fun of both sides, and and the movie gave its fair share of possible, like, little bits of respect to both sides at the same time, too. Yeah, I just I like the fact that they they played both sides. It wasn't a complete let's fucking talk about the right and how stupid they are. No, let's talk about the left too about how fucking it, it just stupid they are. Like I just I loved it. Um, but after Athena's dead, that's when you get Crystal getting the second win because she sees the jackrabbit in the kitchen. And she's like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm gonna survive this. Take the little torch, you know, sear my fucking wound shut. Put on a nice dress. I'll get the dog. And I'm going home. <laughs> by, the, by the way, have you had caviar? No, ma- no ma'am. <laughs> well, sit, well, well, sit down and have some. <laughs> <laughs> they never let me have it. <laughs> and just fucking breaking open that bottle. And I wonder if that was the same bottle that Richard was talking about at the beginning of the movie. That it was. Like 250,000K bottle? Was it? Okay, so yeah, there you that, go. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, well it was no, the 14, it was that, a, didn't she say that the bottles that were in the plane were not that? And that the bottle yes. that she had in the house 
was the bottle of the expensive champagne, and that was the bottle that she had with her. Yeah, that's what she, she took. That yeah, that's from what the I was house. wondering. Yeah, it's, that's why mm-hmm. during the fight scene she saved that bottle because it was a bottle of fourteen oh seven. You know, so that's why there we go. Two hundred and fifty k per bottle, I think it was. Yep. yep. Yeah, two hundred and fifty k per bottle. And she fucking swigs it like it's fucking Mad Dog 2020 on that fucking plane. <laughs> Just yeah. taking it down. Could you imagine it was great. Of the amount of money available to purchase a $250,000 bottle of champagne? Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. I would not spend that on a bottle of champagne. Sorry. I do well, like champagne, but not that But much. imagine having so much money at your fingertips that to you, that's like buying a bottle of, like, Dom Perignon to us. You know, like, you right. splurged $100 to $125 for a bottle if the, if the occasion calls for it. You know, so in order to buy mm. that bottle, you need to basically have, yes, that kind of wealth. You're talking easily upwards of over $500 million and then some. Yeah, she definitely yeah, has her own insane. estate there in Croatia. She has her own private jet. You know, so yeah, of course she has the money to spend that. But yeah, and you know, that closes out the movie of her just knocking it back and, you know, just enjoying that shit as she's swigging it, like the, the King said, like Mad Dog 2020. You know, because again, yeah, just it's not the left it or the right. And I think we nailed it of, and our hero is actually just, like the rest of us, someone who falls down the middle. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, but that is The Hunt. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great pick from the ghoul. Uh, but next week, the pick goes to The Dean. So what do you have for us next week, Dean? Uh, it is my pick. And uh, we are uh, going to go not, well, I guess a little bit far back, but we're going back to the 80s. Are we going okay. back to school? Cool. Land? Oh, wait, sorry. We're going no, back we're not going to Both those references from the monkey and the ghoul are for a different style of podcast. Uh, But we're going to (laughs) land in 1985, uh, written by uh, Fred Decker and Ethan Wiley and directed by Stephen Miner. Uh, We are going to take a look at one of my old favorites. We're going to take a look at House. Oh, nice. Good pick. (laughs) One of my favorites. So I'm already on board. Holy shit. Can't wait to talk about House. <laughs> yeah, going back. Comedy. Sean S. Cunningham actually produced it. So that's another big name that we've been talking about recently with the Friday 13th lawsuit. So William Cass, look forward to next Glenn, week. Richard Mall, great cast. Oh, yeah. Nikki Cat, greatest American hero. walking on air. All right. So thank you for much for that pick. Marky, thanks to you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for House. Yeah, Fright fans, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And Dean, we'll see you back here next week for your pick, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Good night. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, We'll see you all next week. All right. Cool. (laughs) Hit us with a plug as we close out. Well, as we say every week, go visit the Google Girl over at Etsy. 
all one word in the search engine, Bonfire Bead Designs. What you're going to find there are all kinds of handcrafted gemstone jewelry. We got bracelets, rings, pendants, necklaces, you name it, she makes it. And, and again, she's got uh, all kinds of crazy crafts that are going on with it. She's been using snakeskin in some of her stuff. Uh, you can get real interesting when, uh, when, when, when Ouija and, and Link shed because their patterns are quite amazing. So it's going to be real cool to see what she can do with those. Oh. Um, but again, like I said, on Etsy, all one word, Bonfire Beat Designs. And besides that, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Absolutely. Thank nagger. you so much. And <laughs> naggers. And I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the ghoul girl could create for me. I know I commissioned her to make me a bracelet to go with my Leatherface costume this year for Halloween. Uh, I know that she's uh, hard to work at that, so I can't wait to see what she creates for me. Um, but with that being said, watch horror movies, keep America strong, hail Satan, hail Odris, and most importantly, hail yourselves. We'll see you back here Woo-hoo! next week. Thank you so much for listening. Nagger. <laughs>